It was a weekend of potential spectacle with a little bit of a letdown proving sometimes fighting uh, can be a little a little grappling boring outside the cage. I'm just going to say it, which means it's time for some verbal tap, the show that proves it. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Uh, it's been a busy weekend. You know, there's a lot of coverage happening over the weekend, sir. Yeah, you got some time in to take a seminar from two badasses. But outside of that, yes, yes. it was. It was a busy weekend. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to start with some Polaris recap. We're going to go to some CXF. And then uh, the main fight, the spectacle that is Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather that's coming up. Kevin, the analysis that people tuned in for, like, you guys have been waiting for myself and Kevin and Brandon Schaub, and that's it when it comes to boxing analysis. Yep. That's, <laughs> it's finally here. People have it on pins and needles. They're like, oh, it's Christmas. The fight's happening. I feel a lot like, um, you know how the commercials run on all the television shows for ABC? So they've been pushing this country music fest thing. I feel a little like this fight uh-huh. that I feel about that. I was just so fucking excited for it to be over so I don't have to see the commercials anymore. Not necessarily because I wanted to watch. This one I also want to watch. So it's different than country music fest in, in a better way, Raph. Let's start with... Um, and I don't know that we should. Well, let me ask you something. Do you want to start with Polaris? Are you good there? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Well, we just did a unanimous decision for the event. So I think we've recapped it properly. Is there anything more to say? AJ Agazarm isn't very liked in Great Britain. I'm just, uh, I'm giving some shit to Polaris. Raph, I did not enjoy this card. I'm going to say it from start to finish. Okay. Let's jump into it. Polaris 5, a failure for me. Why? You were live tweeting. You were one of the only people responding. And I'm going to say the Internet's with me. Look, I get it. This was fun. They were like, hey, Dylan Danis and uh, Gary don't like each other. I don't give a fuck about those two fighting. I haven't cared much before. Dylan is an interesting fighter, as is Gary. There are other interesting fighters. The reason Paul Harris had such an interesting thing is because he submits people and holds on to them too long. And Gary was like, I'll beat him. That, to me, un- unbelievable fight. Um, watching Jake Shields and Dan Strauss and Gary and Dylan and most of the fights on this card go to a decision not as fun for me. And this is wherein lies the big difference for EBI. EBI has resolution. The fights are fast. They're one after another. Boom, 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 boom. The action doesn't stop until the event's over. And I understand them. This one with the decision, it, it just... This feels like it's completely in the middle to me and not enough. like just make it ADCC rules, I guess, is my point. And oh, no. we can't stay there for that long. If one more fucking person gets on and explains why they didn't. So Gary's I, I've been practicing more positional stuff. It was like, uh oh, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty okay. stupid I, I, to say out loud. And you had a very uh... my final point on why this was not a good card. Imanari's on the undercard. Go fuck yourselves. Are you kidding? I'd rather watch Gary fight Imanari than any other fighters on this card, but that's just, uh, I was insulted. That's that's it. That's me. Okay. So you threw a lot of stuff out there. That was um, a lot. Let, it, it's a lot to cover, but let's start at the top of the card. Gary and Dylan. 
So I want to put something out there. And I was I was testing this with a few friends, and I want to see if you agree with it. But Gary and Dylan. First of all, nobody cared in the sense that we've already seen Gary beat Dylan. There wasn't necessarily a need for a rematch. But they did their best to try and sell us on it. So, okay, sure, no problem. So we watch it because it's grappling. Um, Gary tries to make it super amusing by becoming Dylan Dennis to beat Dylan Dennis. I, I uh, agree. The hair thing was funny. Very funny. Um, <laughs> the hair thing was we funny, except that. it only a little bit looked like he and Gordon are kind of emulating him. My, um, I, it's kind of like how when, you know, it becomes like Venom becomes the person like yeah. Flash, you know, he, he like it becomes him and he can't control himself anymore. I think that's where it was with Gillis. <laughs> Maybe leave your hair color and keep the submission thing. <laughs> Gillen should have been the hashtag. Gillen. I congratulate myself that Gillen was the best hashtag in red yeah. that I've ever come up with. Gillen would be. All right. Good. <laughs> but what's the problem with the match? I'll tell you this much. Here's the reason why I'm a little eh about the match. Gary was telling us in the previews, he's like, I'm going to submit Dylan with a submission that you guys haven't seen me get in like a long time. So it's a guessing game. Okay. Yeah. And he goes all throughout. And I don't know what that submission was, but I can tell you one thing. I have my guesses because he kept looking about that arm. Is that what you think he was? What was like an arm bar situation? I'm trying to think. It's like Gary's I don't know pretty... because I kept thinking it was kind of like an arm drag. So I couldn't tell if it was maybe some sort of triangle or a sweep. But um, he kept hanging on that arm on occasions. So what the fuck do I know? Right. Yeah. But I will say this. In, when it got to the last 30 seconds, we saw Gary closing in on a heel hook that I think he was just showing us if he wanted to, he could. And that's just me leading and with a guess. If you feel the same way, awesome. But I don't think everybody necessarily may take that interpretation out of it. It's just what it looked like to me. And he's got to commit on the Conor McGregor accent. This isn't the hardest thing. The, I apologize to absolutely nobody. I'm not much of an accent person. You got to commit. Well, that's he the did easiest this. line there is in, in true Gary fashion. He said, uh, yeah. And I uh, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely fucking nobody. And I was like, Oh God, he just <laughs> like, uh, this is the overall thought that I have for the post match speeches aj wasn't the worst no way he was because aj tried to embrace the role of being the heel and i said his choke a minus a the uh post-match interview c plus and i feel i'm being nice here though it's not a great day when aj is your most exciting fight that's mm. uh that's a bad day Though that fight was fun, and this is sort of the downside of grappling, and I'm fully willing to admit I, I am holding it to a double standard. Without submissions, it's super fucking boring. If you don't have anything to edge out, yeah. And this didn't. This in a lot of these fights, as we got through it, I was like, "Am I crazy, or is this card not awesome? Why, why is this card not awesome?" And I guess ultimately, you know, it, it happens in grappling, but it seems like we have a lot of high level grapplers that maybe weren't invited or didn't have the chance to do it. And I get that we're highlighting uh, grapplers from other. It's great that they do that. You got to see one, you know, that made the AJ fight very interesting. Well, because they started making it 
the UK versus the USA. And well, I will take immediately better, by the way. That's one, a great uh, Mr. Josh Palmer, who when he walked over and he was talking with Lloyd a little bit after, he said, oh, he's been a bit of an American over there, huh? Oh, oh, what is that? New citizen Josh Palmer of the United States. <laughs> We're not Don't fooled by your accent. Shit. We know you live here now. Over You're playing in- both sides. Is what Sean Connery said in the movie Entrapment. I'm impressed he can keep his accent living where he does, which I think Philly or New Jersey, <laughs> one of the two. I was half expecting him to just like fully bust out an East Coast accent. It's like, who's this illiterate gas bag? On, oh, that's Josh still. But he sounds. And so I, you've got a. I still new like him on the mic. Thing going on over here still, is what uh, I'm saying to thee. Oh, shit. I can't get rid of it. Yeah, good job, Josh Palmer. Um, Kev, okay, so that that's the one side. So that was Gary and Dylan. Let's go down one, which is uh, Daniel Strauss and Jake Shields. That match was on paper something that I don't know a lot of people were excited about. I'm always, I said the only way they like should have made Jake that more fight. interesting would have been if they had made AJ the ref. I think that would have been great because they would have <laughs> probably stopped and went after him. So that's that one side. Then let's go down to the other side of the card as well. We briefly mentioned uh, AJ getting a submission in the gi against Lloyd, who was really uh, – he tipped his hands a little bit too much with the whole footlock thing and whatever, dude. He was very immodest and, you know, it's nice to see AJ pick up a win. So that's great on that side. Let's also go to like Brad Pickett and Phil Harris, which again, I know they want to give the fight pass people some love with some former UFC fighters. But, Kev, did you have any interest in seeing that fight? No. Okay. Nope. I was just curious because I, I don't know why they were in a match together, but they were. And the only thing I liked is I read something that Pickett said when he was in his guard. That I wanted to punch him so bad. Uh, and essentially he was just saying that's that's how I used to open people's guard. Now I have to get better. Sucks. Been there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I hear you. It, it is a real pain in the ass. It's nice in the sense that we get some UFC fighter, former UFC fighter, who's now being like, what you guys do is hard. Why, thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. It, what you do um, is hard, too. But those two <laughs> – absolutely. And uh, those two exuded the the same difference that fighting Valley Tudo shorts and going the ADCC style, not that much different for them either. I also think that's a mistake for these grappling cards. I'm going to say it, Raph. Yeah, what's that, Kev? I think it should be mandatory rash guard. Yeah. Yes. Oh. It. This is science, and this is an ADCC. If you want to do ADCC rules right beforehand, I would have totally respected it. <laughs> That's not what this is. It's a sub only. It's an arbitrary time of either ten or fifteen minutes. It seems like. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> there were a few. I was like, wait, how long is this fight? I swear I it said think... eight. There was a few of them. I swear to God, where it's <laughs> um, I think Kevin that they did the prelims at ten and the main fights. At 15 yeah that's uh, way too much math for this midwestern american i'm just gonna say it while we're bringing up things i have a big question i would like a full investigation into the white hairs on down strauss's beard because it makes me always think he got paint on his mustache <laughs> that would be if they were like uh, dan what's with the beard he's like i paint in my spare time it's like fucking knew it <laughs> fucking knew it <laughs> guys Dan Strauss is another one of those people, by the way, that I feel like we only see at Polaris. Mm. 
Has he been at some other place? I feel like he showed up in an EBI, but I, I, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw him really give someone the biz. I know he fought AJ. He was. Don't don't say it like that. He definitely has been a Polaris. He was at EBI. At that point, he let his hair go out a little bit, and he looked like Rusev from the WWE. Yeah. Which, by the way, SummerSlam just concluded. So to those of you tuning in for that, you can catch our spinoff series, Heel Section, a little bit later this week anyway sorry for that plug Summer Slam. half half of our audience just stopped listening they're like oh okay you're not gonna do it here Perfect. Gotcha. <laughs> we'll, gotta go we'll listen to that one later guys <laughs> and i want to end with eminari whom yeah. i was this was easily to me the most exciting person on this card i, I yeah. love watching gary and i would have loved watching gary versus eminari because every time i watch eminari i feel very terrified for whoever he's fighting and i don't think it would matter but he looks, he just, whew. You know, that look he has while he's got his hooks in, just fucking terrifying. And the way he gets <laughs> under people, uh, un- impressive fighter. I am ex- uh, cautiously optimistic for Polaris 6. Sure. Um, I want to money incentive. Are there money incentives for a submission? There should be. Uh, if there aren't. I don't. I doesn't don't look like there was. I'm going to say that. doesn't look like there was. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just looked like a lot of fighters that were very comfortable working their ADCC game, and it seemed to be like, okay, well, this is a great warm-up for ADCC. No one seemed like they really wanted the Polaris title. I don't know that there is a title. I think they just wanted to do their thing. Um, some things to go over. I want to uh, give some highlights to you guys before we move on. Uh, Mia, perhaps... Uh, Awesome. He said, I just want to apologize. I don't like to celebrate if I hurt my opponent. And that guy won me over so much just by expressing that because, uh, you know, we hear so many of those people who are like, break it up. Blah, blah. And he was just saying in his post-match interview that he just wanted to show all the work he had put into it. And he doesn't want to lose. And that's understandable. But we get so many people who do that, like, fake check in on their opponent thing like oh are you okay yes and then they like do laps around like he seemed legitimately concerned so uh he won uh, and made a fan over us you know this his side. opponent has the coolest name too Re- river dylan mm-hmm. it's like outside of river phoenix maybe just the word river is what or the name <laughs> uh when we talk about uh post-match areas uh when you're talking about Eminari and uh netto loses and he's like, I would like a rematch in the gi. And the crowd just goes, shut nah. the fuck up. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Everybody was like, nah, not interested. Um, I love, I still love the jujitsu parade because every time they bring them there, it's just to let everybody know, hey, look, they all showed up. Um, I also want to tell people this is a real idea. I think that you need to have a rotating stage because there's so many ring outs that happen. Nowhere more prevalent than Ross versus Ollie. And yeah. Like, when they're just rolling out of there, it just seems so silly. Like, I want someone to control it like they do the uh, mechanical bull at a CD bar, where they're just like, as soon as they get close, you just go, ah, just move the controller to steer them back into the center. Uh, I also enjoy the simple yet effective rule of pro wrestling with ropes. I'm going to try and push for this so hard, Kevin. A rope break? I think if you grab a rope, you have five seconds before you get disqualified if you don't let the rope or you don't let the rope break exist. Kevin, what are your thoughts on that? I have an interesting you're not wrong where your head's at. Here's <laughs> okay. my idea. Let's borrow from EBI. If you escape out of bounds, they get your back. 
you start back in the middle with them on your back. I don't know. I still there's something about like if you get the rope, I feel like you've earned something and you you've grabbed onto something because. Sometimes I feel at EBI, they just stand them up and they don't remember. They're just like, you made it out. Let's stand you up. And we're Congrats. like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you not do that, ref? You, when you're rolling at your academy, you don't just start spinning out of control into the next group and be like, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. We got to stop. I literally bowling ball my way into everybody else possible to make sure that I will not get caught. So I'm just like, oh, they broke us up. I should start in your guard. Totally okay, cool. That's how the pros do it. Um, a couple little small things that I really want to make sure that we uh, press upon before we call it a day. Um, I, I will say this. You can't really say enough good things about the Polaris audience because they were so drunk. <laughs> they made this large arena in the O2 seem the intimacy of one bar at 2 a.m. or a pub. And it was it was majestic, Kevin. It was nice to see them make you feel at home. But on the other side, I think they got so progressively drunk by the end of the night that they just stopped making sense. So by the, the time that their hometown hero, Lloyd Cooper, loses to A.J. Aga's arm, I think half of them still thought that Lloyd still had a chance to win the match after he submitted. <laughs> that's why they were still yelling at aj like why are you quitting and they threw a shoe they literally like who throws a shoe they did the iraqis when they're super angry but they only do that if you know that's uh real i wouldn't do that with aj like my hatred couldn't get that high for aj i don't think as a grappler do you agree with this sentiment where i said everybody please protect josh palmer he can't be hit in the head with a shoe he already has enough to overcome in life. I was also going to say, if anyone's going to throw a shoe, maybe you should have done that when he wore shoes on the mat the first time. That seems like the only time that uh, makes any sense. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, that's all I got to say. And you know what? That Blair's- shoe lands on the mat. The person that throws it has to come on this show and make an apology about putting <laughs> shoes on the mat. Those are the rules. <laughs> it's 100% the way it goes. Polaris, we wish you well. This one wasn't exactly your most shining hour. Add a title. Uh, Add something fun. It seems Maybe. like they're going out of their way to be like, no, it's twenty minute. It's a fifteen minute match. It's sub only. It's like, but it's not. Do sub they only. need a tournament? Do they need cash? Oh, you know, do they need like a ladder match? Do they need uh, money in a briefcase? Wait, like from your list, I'm God just Sears. just naming all the shit that I can. Like. Maybe they have a money in the bank where you can cash it in at the end of the night so that AJ could have come in and taken on Gary Tonin at the end. Like, I don't know, guys. We did the best that we could. And it's not like we're not rooting for them, but I think it was a tepid at best. Here's my problem. This felt like a fight to win. It it really did from every perspective. And it's like, okay, well. He's going to do a fight to win every weekend, and we can see this style of grappling. And when Polaris started, that wasn't the case. But now someone's doing your format quite a bit more frequently and with the same fighters, essentially. I mean, some of the fight to win cards have been better than this one. So to me, it was just it was like, okay, Polaris, it's time to evolve. If if you're going to be on the stage where you're next to people that have titles add a title. Add divisions, add whatever it is. Because I didn't even understand the weight. 
it was a 170 pound or a 180 pound catch weight between Tonin and Dennis and then Dennis didn't make weight so was there some sort of penalty I mean you know what I'm saying in terms of the yeah. professionalism of a grappling event I, I felt confused by this one more so well the other thing is I I don't know what their contracts look like but if Dennis didn't care enough to make weight that just looked like a fuck you and can we just say this right now? I love that there were some people who were like, man, Dylan's good. Dylan's always been good. Yeah. That's not the issue. It's quick. Dylan just has a really terrible way of putting himself out there. Especially over and, the past six months. He picked a fight with grappling's favorite person. And like he's on the losing side so many times on all of these exchanges in social media that I wonder if we care. Like – it's a jujitsu thing. He's great at jujitsu. I care about that, but I also didn't have a long-term investment in this match. And when he started calling like Tom to blast a bitch and saying he's going to bitch slap him, it's like, bro, nobody believes you, you know? And when he's just like Tom to blast like that, like, and when he's saying, he's just like, yo, I just keep it real. I just keep it really real. Well, we're keeping it real with you too, dude. You need to get your shit together because, this whole media campaign of going out and saying like, oh, Marcelo needs to change. Zero people think Marcelo needs to change. And more importantly, why? What's working for Marcelo has always worked for Marcelo. So if he's behind in the times, then why hasn't he just fallen by the wayside? So I don't know, man. Enjoy your success that comes with this whole sort of thing. But Marcelo if you want to keep it that. real – been there we just kept it real with you dude he's just getting lucky with cheap rent raf you know how cheap it is to host an academy in downtown manhattan it's basically well, they basically also, pay you also danis didn't really fight much no uh, he was running the whole time which again i get back to the rash guard thing it was like he looked like he was designed to not it was like i'm not getting tapped out here that's pretty much i it. just i just like that kevin is now on this thing where he's just like guys mm-mm we see right through you. We, we see know, right through you with your ACD, ADCC style. We know exactly what's happening now. You're you're not wrong, but you're also <laughs> not you're not right. I uh, looking forward to Polaris six in a year and a half or whenever the fuck that happens. So <laughs> CXF, not to just completely ditch. It's like that's the other reason these events can't suck. You know what yeah. I mean? If you do one comedy special every fifteen years, that's all TJ Miller does. Better be a good comedy special. You're 15, you can get a little bit more. I mean, it's like Rob Lowe in television shows, right? It just keeps throwing darts until one gets picked up for a third season. CXF, you were there. Anthony Kiedis was there, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and um, really fucking great autobiography. Spoiler alert, heroin's involved, and a lot of it. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I'm just throwing it. I love his. uh, He's one of my favorite people in terms of just telling the truth about his life. I think. I mean, I can't imagine there's more that we don't know. It's just because when you're spiritual and (laughs) you get in that level, it's um, I've written so many songs about California. I love MMA. Do you get to that spiritual place where you get there? (laughs) They should. Did they let him talk at all? Was he in there? They should have. No, but. He definitely was um, – he was feeling like a lot. You know? uh, points to him, by the way. Obviously an MMA fan. It's not just like showing up cage side to a UFC. Like, 
This guy's at CXF hanging out next to Marcus Cobo. I, I have a big uh, appreciation for those who show us love in both MMA and grappling. And I think it's cool as shit he came to the event. But I can't help but be a little suspicious. Like, why here? Why at this event in particular? Kevin, any guesses? Uh, I No, I don't have any. Well, uh, I had to make a meme because that's what I do. Because when it hit me, it hit me. And I said, you know what this guy's doing? You know why he's here? CXF. <laughs> California. That's the title's he's literally a guy who is shoehorned California into 94% of his songs. Now, again, I say this as somebody who reps California hard. I remember a certain time in my life, maybe in about 2003 or four. I said, man, Anthony Kiedis, love the band, great band. They love California maybe a little bit too much. I'm not saying that every song is going to be bad, but, you know, hey, guys, every once in a while, it'd be great to not put out everything that says California. What's that? The name of the song is Danny California? Oh, no. 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 So I get it. I love the band. I think they're great. I love that he's supporting us. But when I figured it out, I made a meme that said, that's why he's here. This is literally a organization called California Extreme Fighting. And this was a King of Cali tournament. So it's the Cali Kings tournament. Of course, you doubled down on California. And Anthony Kiedis was sitting at home being like, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but um, I will be there because... I, what you guys do is beautiful and I love it but you also use the word California and that's just it's it's special he's contractually obligated to be there <laughs> but then he'll also in the background be like for my motherfucking California I'm like oh hey, thank you Anthony Kiedis it was perfect uh, the good news is happened, Kevin Anthony. yes <laughs> he, he just shows up I don't know where he came from right now uh, there's a guy uh, Psycho Mike used to do the best one on K-Rock so I would just be butchering it but he would just like bing bong bong and we would just do <laughs> random noises as Anthony Kiedis but um, here's what you guys should know about that uh, it was great. Great night of fights. Very pleased. Um, kind of an all-over night for me because, Kev, uh, it was a rough night for our good friend, Dimitri uh, Gigapet. Gorgobov? Uh, Gorbachev? Yes. Dimitri Gorbachev. He, uh, I mean, he, dude, he got rocked in the first round. And his heart kept him in that match for another round and a half. He went in for a single leg, and he never stopped finishing. And uh, he got some takedowns with almost no power really in him, but it was all heart. And Marcus Kowal put up a note today that said he called the fight at the end of the second when they went to the stool, and he was just like, I just don't want him to absorb anything. And that's one of the hardest things to see for a fighter, but I was just glad to see Dima afterwards. He was... Uh, walking out on his own accord. He was waving to fans. So I know he's going to be hurting a broken heart, but man, did he win us over with so much heart that he exuded out there. Also, uh, how f- interesting of a coach is Marcus to just mm. to sort of step in and be like, I stopped the fight. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. I love you guys. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. I also want to talk about the PKG guys. You've got Dom Clark who uh, returned to form really great, great, Dom is one of the nicest guys. Finishes with a guillotine. He got finished in his last fight with a guillotine as he was rushing in. 
easy mistake. It can happen to anybody. But this was a very proficient Dom Clark that we're used to seeing. He's a former champ with the organization. Uh, got to mount. Very, very textbook. Very good pressure to him. And his opponent, Chris Cooley, he gave him the mic and let him speak his mind. And Chris was just short of maybe saying we would never see him fight again. But uh, for Dom to just say, like, hey, man, let's give up this guy some respect, you know, because he's going through a lot in his life. And then to realize that this is a MMA organization where most people will be like, yeah, I fucked up that opponent, whatever. Um, it was a great expresh, expression of uh, sportsmanship. And, and Dom is a classy guy. And his uh, training partner, Chase Gibson, was vicious. There's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Martin, Kevin. So Jeff Martin rushes right when the fight starts. Kind of like starts with this flying knee that really isn't a real thing. But he's just trying to show he's putting a lot of pressure in. Mm -hmm. Chase Gibson, not falling for it. Literally just kind of stands his ground, lets him get it in a little bit more. And then proceeds to go to work on him in a way that was just like, yep. That is why you are the 145 title champion. Congrats to you. Um, I also want to give props to Steve Ramirez, who has brilliant knockout power. Made a fan out of me. Um, but Kev, there's some even better news as we go down the card because we go up and down all over the place. Uh, Christian Aguilera. Cool name. Uh, no relation to Christina, to my I was just going <laughs> to. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? Christian Aguilera. Oh, okay. He uh, he's one of Casey Halstead's, and uh, I saw him. Who isn't? That guy's yeah, jet setting from fight to fight. We're gonna see random UFC event, random Brazilian fight, <laughs> random CXF. There's Casey. Well, there's a reason why this is so particularly interesting because uh, Christian got this knockout, and I was like, "Damn, son, that's powerful! Look at this guy, just putting it away with ease." But before in the night. I saw a young man by the name of Fernando Padilla. And Fernando hit this really funky, like, Kev, you would love this. It was like an underarm uh, rubber guard. So instead of putting the arm on top to, like, pull your leg toward you, he went underneath and was working this triangle arm bar with his arm still kind of essentially stuck <laughs> in that position as he's locking up this triangle arm bar. And then at a certain point, he takes it out, and then he just has the option to do – Whatever the fuck he wants, because he's like, I think he finished with the armbar, but to me it looked like that triangle was so vicious. And that was when I realized I saw the Mario brother of a human being enter the cage, and I go, that's Casey Halstead's. No wonder. Yep. <laughs> of course, the person I love's jiu-jitsu is definitely one of Casey's. So I send Casey a note. Casey introduces me to him, and I felt bad, but I, this is exactly what I said to him. I said, Fernando, can I just be honest with you? And he's like, yeah, man. I go... You're just so good at what you do. It's almost boring. He's like, you just made it skill. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like that. That was such a flawless transition that uh, kudos to you, sir. So um, that was all of the ups and downs. I do want to bring up one other big thing, which was the win from one uh, pal of ours, Thor Skanky, who closed out the show with an epic comeback win. He was in trouble jujitsu wise, was Thor. taking some bad shots. And then Thor was able to open up. Uh, his opponent, Quentin McCordell's guard, and he just never stopped. And he, he ended up getting the win and I believe also maybe potentially retiring. So when he retired, though, Kev, do you know what he did on the mic? Uh, screamed it, said maybe, threw his gloves down, made sure. Uh, I wish. He walked out to the song 
rendition of My Way, the punk version of it, and then proceeded to actually sing the song My Way. Uh, you know, the I Did It My Way. But not the Frank Sinatra version. You know, the, oh, I did it my... He did the like, and the end is near. <laughs> it was just like, I oh, did it what? my way. Did it my way. Sort of it that was, pop up. It was a little intense. <laughs> Uh, but that is essentially Thor if you know him. So I was pleased to see him go out on a win, and uh, he maybe alluded that maybe it's not the last time, but potentially the last time for now. So our thanks to Thor for, uh, if this is it, congrats on a great fight career. If it is not it, we look forward to seeing you probably in, like, what, three months? That's how long these retirements last? Usually. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, that's where we stand. Nice job, Skanky. Yes. I love it when you go to these local fights. You're always a little bit more jacked. Uh, <sighs> as you, The excitement's real. For people that don't know Raph or when he's at these events, he's frequently texting me. He's like, I'm seeing killer jujitsu. <laughs> so I will be the first to tell Kevin, though, that when I am watching my friends, and I know half of the people on these cards, it's not the same because – you know, Dima is somebody that we've trained with and uh, he's a killer. He beats us up and he's a good guy. But like seeing him get rocked there was like, oh, fuck, man. I don't want to see this. This fight's um, hard. <laughs> Fighting's so hard. It, it is, so- you know, fighting is much easier from outside the cage. We say that every <laughs> single week. Genuinely. Yeah. And yet nobody takes us up on the uh, the house or well, the wise. Thor but- might be. It sounds like. Thor's fighting like, it. yeah, you know what? They're not wrong. <laughs> but, um, I will say they put on some good fights. It was a nice way to do it. And I mean, Kevin knows from the time I woke up in the morning, it was Polaris to the time I finished at night. It was uh, the very, very fun CXF. But can I tell you a little quick story about what happened in between, Kev? Yes. And I'll give you some shout out, though. As I mentioned, Uh, I was so nervous when you were the only one talking about Polaris. It was like, (laughs) not good. This is not good. Rap would be talking about it regardless. Where's everybody else? I know. Eh, that's what it is. I will say this. So in between I had a little short break in between Polaris and CXF. So you know what I did, Kev? Eat eat. I, I mean, yeah, well, food, I, mean, I hope. We <laughs> went to a fucking I seminar. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. Here's what happened. Uh Kelly's brother's in town. Now Kelly's brother, they were looking for some place to go for food. So they were driving back home and they're like, How long for Polaris? Because they're like, it hasn't gone on for long enough, and I'm like, don't get me started. But they're looking for food, and Kelly's brother, uh, Matt, he's like, he's like, hey, man, uh, what are you guys thinking for food? And they're calling me on their way back home. It's probably going to be about another 20 minutes, which is perfect timing for Gary and Dylan to do whatever the fuck they're doing. And I say, well, you know, maybe Poke Bowls. And he's like, no, dude, it's too, it's too heavy. I was like, Poke Bowls are heavy? And he's like, yeah, I get the biggest size. And I was like, I do too. But that's not heavy for me. Oh, shit. I'm fat. <laughs> so I, I try to sell him on that, and that doesn't work. And we go to other options. And my wife very, very sweetly mentions, why don't we go to sushi? Now, when she says sushi, she doesn't mean any sushi. She means our favorite place, the Sushi by Jin over in Studio City. And it's all you can eat. And brother just goes, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I go, wait, let me see if I figure this out right. You're okay with not having poke bowls because they're too heavy, but you're going to go to all-you-can-eat sushi. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll make space. 
Fair play. So we get there, Kev. And we go hard on the first round. Okay? So to let you guys know, this is kind of where I go when I go, oh, you can eat sushi. I go big, big platters of baked Alaska. I go rainbow rolls. Sometimes I'll do some Philly rolls, and I understand that's not your jam, but it's delicious to this fat kid. So See, shut the fuck I, I'm up. a huge Philly roll person, and I like it when mm. they just do a little deep fry on it <laughs> and throw it my direction. <laughs> so now you've gotten to the culinary portion of the Verbal Tap show. But I tell you this, Kev, <laughs> I, I get so happy about those. And everybody ordered like three or four different things. Now, this is a way harder aggressive play. But there's one problem that happens here. Do you know what that problem is, Kev? What? Toward the very end, Kelly's brother, Matt, he put in an order, not just for one tempura, but three orders of tempura, like essentially California roll kind of stuff, some salmon, some spicy tuna. Okay? Yeah, and for those not in the know, tempura is what I'm talking about. A little fry, a little, little light fry on it. Okay. Kev, how often do you all you can eat sushi? Never. Why? I don't have a place near me. Ever. I'm trying. I honestly, when you said all you can eat sushi, I was like, interesting. Never been. Oh, we're, fi- we're fixing this immediately when you come back out here next time. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm writing this down. That's how important this is. Kevin, the gin by sushi. I'm texting uh, yeah. this to my wife. Great. Sure. <laughs> as as you were Kevin- saying, I was like, I, I need to Google all you can eat sushi in Denver. So here's where it gets bad. Anybody who hears this and hears Tambora, and not just one, but three, understands. He ordered so much food. I handled my business, okay? But then I had to back clean up. And I realized that the dreams of my other sushi rolls were slowly eroding because I had to help him out. So to those of you listening right there, this is my public service announcement. If you are doing all-you-can-eat sushi, take it easy on the tempura because they looked at me and they said, Raph, you're our only hope. Like, it was my Obi-Wan moment. I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll put it away. And I did, Kev, and it hurt. And then I realized as I looked at them, I go, oh, God, I'm so slow and fat. I was losing. I did a two-a-day yesterday, and I lost, like, five pounds. Gained well, it all back in goes. tempura. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could feel it. I could feel my half guard getting worse. It just got bad, Kev. But I did it. And you know what? I got home and I took the world's best nap and then I powered through and I made it to CXF because I'm a champion, Kev. That sounds lovely. Uh, you had a your journey was the same as the fighters that night. It's, <laughs> it sounds like uh, a lot of them gorge. Maybe the I night just before. want to make sure that everybody listening knows if you are going to all you can eat sushi. I cannot impress this enough. Tempura is not your friend. No, don't end with it. For sure. No, you don't want to end with like not three things. A though. finale. No. <laughs> well, Raph, this, <laughs> once again, we've, the food <laughs> portion of this podcast, uh, you know, give us a five star review on iTunes. Let us know if you want to start our own food podcast. Happy Absolutely. to hear it out. There's a lot of them already out there, which is my tentativeness. Um, but we are nothing if not um, staunch fat kids. Listen, we, we try new things all the time. And I'm tired of people doing like what their favorite murder mystery shit whenever they're listening to the podcast. Yeah. We're going to be like we're just going to dedicate a segment of called my favorite food and tell you guys the shit we're eating. So that way you can judge us, too. But I bring this up for a point, Kev, because we have breaking news. Breaking news. 
I believe we have Nate Diaz right now. Uh, Nate Diaz, very sweetly, uh, he recorded a message this week where he read a statement in defense of Conor McGregor. Which is a perfect transition to August 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. So I think it's a great way that we transition. Yeah, cue that And uh, do you want me to go ahead and uh, cue it up right now? I think I have it. You have the messenger thing on that side. Hold on. I just let me beep, boop, bop. And Verbal Tap fans, a message from Nate Diaz. Now the boxers are criticizing Connor. Like, Connor will get embarrassed. That's a really arrogant thing to say. Want to know something that's even more embarrassing? If Floyd fought Connor in an MMA match, it would be more embarrassing than if Connor fought Floyd in a boxing match. Connor, no, Floyd, shit, dog. This weed's too fucking powerful. No, no. (laughs) Floyd would get mounted and laughed at and slapped around, and Connor would smile at the crowd and wave because he's a little fucking bitch. You guys see that guy? He's a little fucking leprechaun. Anyway, don't quote me on that shit. Boxers are clowns sometimes. And not, like, the funny kind of clowns that, like, blow up fucking shit with their, like, and then it's, like, a fucking, like, uh, you know, Mexican hat or some shit. Don't fucking interrupt me. I fucking recorded this, remember? Yeah, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How the fuck are you on the line when I'm fucking on the line? I didn't know you anyway, could hear me. <laughs> I, you know what? I can because you're fucking dead. So hold on. Hold on a second to get... Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to get through this. Uh, remember, uh, I'm never taking the MMA fighters over the boxer's side when it comes to punching and shit because I'm not fucking retarded and stuff. But I'm like, don't be talking shit. They would get embarrassed. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but, you know, we're talking real fighting, not you one-dimensional botching fucks. This is real-life shit. You'll get fucking embarrassed. Well, not even what. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Diaz. Uh, Yo, bro, don't, I'm, not, I'm not fucking on live, bro. I know. I was outroing the video. If, we, if, we, if I don't say anything, uh, this isn't like a stage the people listening on the podcast don't know if you left or not. So I have no Dog, choice. I don't even know if I left or not right now. But you and me Oop. both What the fuck the time. with this strain you just gave me? You fucking little fucking... Rings, straight to the podcast. <laughs> it's it's uh, absolutely... Trust uh, me. You're, uh, you're going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. Nate, thank you very much for swinging by the podcast this evening. And he's illustrated a point that's taken me into MMA. I'm going to get on the soapbox. Couldn't agree more with Nate Diaz. And maybe it's because I watched the Showtime behind the scenes of Mayweather McGregor. And McGregor said something, which was basically, I'm not scared of him. If this were a fight without the rules, I'd beat the ever-living shit out of him. And I was like, I like his confidence. I'm liking this. I like the idea. And then Nate Diaz comes in and just punches us with like 17 truth bombs. Also conveniently setting himself up for a super fight. Don't think I didn't see that. Love it. Nate Diaz has piqued my interest. They've piqued my interest. Showtime and Liam Schreiber have done a fantastic (laughs) job piquing my interest. He's the voice behind Hard Knocks and all of the HBO 24 by 7. Doesn't matter. Raph, you watching this fight? I want to respond as only Liam Schreiber would respond when he eloquently reads all of those important things that Conor McGregor says. Yeah, of course I'm fucking excited for this. <laughs> I don't like there's no more to say. There's like this fight shouldn't happen. It doesn't need to happen, but we're doing it. And 
I know you guys are out there, and I know that even if you tell me you aren't going to watch the fight, chances are 90% of you will who are listening to this right now. So I'm talking to the 90%. The 10% of you guys who are not going to watch this fight, you may listen and laugh at us and do whatever it is that you do. But for the 90%, don't ruin it for us. Because we're not dumb. We know what the fuck's going to happen. We know it's going to be a shit show. Now here's where it gets interesting. Because, Kev, you and I have ideas. And I want to go and put those ideas out there for people to understand what the predictions are but i think you and i have kind of i don't know if i'm just being honest a little more realistic expectations on how we see the fights going wouldn't you say uh maybe if by realistic you mean connor's gonna knock floyd out in the second round i'm just fucking around yeah i think (laughs) yeah i think we have (laughs) at least i hope because i am i mean as previously said, much like when someone swings by a boxing gym or a jiu-jitsu gym with no training is like, I could beat whoever this run in this place. I love it. I like the spectacle here. I've never watched a high-level MMA fighter try and in the height. Remember, he's in his prime. That's the other thing. McGregor's not washed up. He's not on the way out. This isn't a publicity stunt for him. It might be, but the guy's fighting in the prime of his career. I'm excited for that (laughs) because I don't know that he's just going to get beat up. I don't know that. I think he's going to, but I want to see it. You think who's going to get beat up? McGregor. Okay. You think that Floyd's defensive tactics will be very difficult for McGregor to find the angles to connect with? Yes. Okay. And then you think that Floyd is going to get in the shots that kind of stagger but not knock out McGregor. Correct again. I I okay. also don't think it's going to be one of those we'll, we'll see eight ounce gloves maybe knocks him out but that's not really Ugh. how Floyd Mayweather fights. What a weird world we live in. I do like that it's a fight where they can change the size of the gloves up until late in the fight. Like that <laughs> that part is really surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I just love the fact that that was news for a week and that you had Floyd saying, like, yeah, while we fight, it it's gloves. And I was like, is that what we're doing now? Because didn't you guys spend this whole lengthy period of time negotiating shit? Was exactly this how just I felt, stuff? Really. I was like, uh, could the price change? Could the date change? Could the <laughs> opponent change? Like, to me, those all seem tied. <laughs> so the fact they were like, fuck it, eight ounces. I was like, how is that possible? Well, I just thought, like, what the fuck were you guys negotiating that whole time for? When you got the gloves, you just said, like, uh, 10 ounce? Yeah, sure, whatever. And then you thought about it some more. Or if you got the 8 ounce so flippantly all of a sudden and then just go, well, sure, if you don't have a problem, I don't have a problem with 8 ounce gloves. Uh, apparently horsehair and made in Mexico and other things. But for us who are listening over on the sides, we go, you had so much time to negotiate that. And now it's coming into play. Was this just something you built into the drama? Sort of how we got the exact same rumor that Zab, which, by the way, Zab knocked out Floyd Mayweather, which is an amazing headline if you have no recognition of what the fuck happens in boxing. Some dude named Zab. I don't like how much the media is playing down Floyd and up Connor, by the way. That's uh, that's planted, ladies and gentlemen. 
the media yeah. never decides on something that clear themselves. Other people tell them things. So the fact that the sports media is like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like, this has been a pretty clear case. of No, on the other side of the world, you've got fucking Polly going uh, Malinginati Jotty Jotty. She's going up to every single person who will listen to him talk. And I think he has burned his britches where people, A, don't believe him. And B, they've gotten to the point now where they're like, so what if you got knocked out? You're somebody that doesn't matter. Like, granted, you did well in boxing. But in the grand scheme of things, certain people think that this guy's being paid to be on the hype train that we are seeing for this fight that has been nothing but hypes. And when he's claiming that these things are edited together, no shit, dude. I 100% agree, and it really upsets me when he's like, oh. Connor's got his photographers there releasing the shots he wants to release. It's like, yeah, Paul, did, was was this a camp for Paul versus Mayweather? <laughs> who Who is this a camp for? Uh, what the fuck do you think he's going to release? I thought that was one of the – I was like, Paul might not be that smart if that's what he's riding with. And, like, every time I see him being like, and, you know, you know another thing is that I didn't know that it was gonna, actually going to be a ring. I just thought that we were going to get together and we are going to get some pizza. And then instead, we're in a ring. And I'm like, what are we doing in a ring? And then they invited people. And I was like, what are people doing here? And then, you know, and it's just, that's just what it is. And I'm like, why is this happening? And you're going to be on the Showtime commentary team? To what? Give us more insight when he's just like, I don't want to say anything because I'm not a rat. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. I, I don't rat people out. That's just not what I do. But while we are talking on the subject, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. All the things, it's bullshit. I knocked him out like 15, 40, 40 times. I don't even know. It might be 15, might be 40. I lost count. So, so why uh, could it be because you had concussions? podcast to try and get on and tell his story after he left camp. I forgot to mention he was coming on our show, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, he's going to be on later this week to talk about how he didn't get knocked out by Conor McGregor. I don't. Listen, I understand we live in an age of non-disclosure agreements, and I love a good story as much as the rest, but none of this has made sense. So we, in trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, we turn to the people that we trust the most, which is you. And you, our loyal Verbal Tap fans, have sent in what you predict are the wildest possibilities for what will happen at Maymac. Which, by the way, Maymac, still a terrible hashtag. Let us be very clear about that. It is a terrible hashtag. I am going to be happy to be rid of it. You may notice if I am on Instagram or whatever, I hashtag Maymac <laughs> and then McGregor hashtag and then Mayweather hashtag Kevin. Yes. Let us go through some of these posts. Starts off hot. It starts Do up they? extremely hot. There's some real hot takes. Okay. Almost immediately. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't exactly know what dreaming elegance meant, so I'm gonna go to singled out ride hard prediction. Okay. Fight get canceled. Fight gets canceled. When Connor gets charged with manslaughter after Shab dies from riding McGregor's dick too hard. First of all, great use of too hard. Uh, and I think that might have been more about Shab, but I like it. I'm in. Yeah. We'll never turn down a good Shab joke. <laughs> uh, Marshmallow BJJ hits us <laughs> with uh, Justin Bieber and Sinead O'Connor are arrested 
for assault after getting into a brawl during the walkouts, which I am trying to figure out what that fight starts as. But either I'm in. They Marshmallow BJJ has me. Uh, thanks, Derek, for that. I think it comes into the idea that they're in the same weight class, potentially. I don't know what Biebs is uh, going around these days. I, I, but... It'll probably start as an issue over who gets to keep the hairstyle. They're both mm-hmm. rocking at that point. Maybe. Absolutely. What if they're like show up wearing the same thing? Okay. <laughs> Spectacular. So embarrassing. One of the okay. many times we couldn't figure out if it was Justin Bieber or Sinead O'Connor. That happens a lot. Hey, listen, I'm just saying Sinead showed up and, 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 and Justin Bieber <laughs> showed up. I, 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 don't don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know. There were going to be pictures. Like there's, there's just I, pictures. <laughs> I was I was in training camps for both of them being ready, and then I I, I, I didn't know that they were going to sing the same song. I told them to sing the same song, but I didn't know that they were going to do that. I could sing better than that. But they didn't tell me we were singing. It was, uh, it's my favorite. I listen to a lot of Paul of it. <laughs> I will not get tired of that voice. I hope he tries to continue all... until after the fight. He's still just uh, defending this this sparring <laughs> session. It's like no one. Are people calling you weak or something? Like, do you think we think less of you for this story that was? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, he's going to be the most insufferable at Thanksgiving when they're going to be like, "Hey, Polly, can you pass like the piece?" Yeah, of course I can pass the piece. But you know who did pass the piece? Finally, Conor McGregor. He just surprised me. He was like, "Why don't you bring some cranberry sauce?" I was like, uh, "Motherfucker, I actually bought cranberry." Paul, he looks at his niece. He's like, "What's Rebecca doing with the camera?" What's she going to do? Instagram? They're like, I'm not eating peas? <laughs> I like that your version of him is like slightly more maniacal stooge. Like, <laughs> he is. Yeah. It's, uh, it varies. But um, mine is more so like I think Joe Pesci on Helium. But let me read a couple here. Yeah. yeah. We've got some on Facebook. This one comes from Tom Brayerton that says CM Punk runs in on Mayweather with a steel chair in the name of the MMA community. That would be amazing. Uh, multiple people think Hickson's going to win by armbar. Which there's always one. There's, there's two. Always one. Yeah, I got one too here. Uh, our good friend Juan Bernardo says Dana White is the guest referee, and the match erupts into a Royal Rumble. Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, I like this from K9D6R. Mayweather by first round rear naked choke, which would be spectacular. I don't know the logistics of that, but. But if they finish the boxing part and they're like, screw it, they just throw off their eight ounce gloves, go to fisticuffs, that'd be good. I'll come back to that one because uh, I definitely have a take for that. Uh, Kyle Shearer says they play patty cake for 12 rounds and laugh at the fans. Crying emojis. <laughs> uh, Nathan Boff Hughes says Mayweather pulls guard. I can see that. Which, again, amazing. Uh <laughs> McDojo Life, our friend out in Florida, McGregor wins by default due to Mayweather having a heart attack, which I think is an old person joke, and it does work. God, people can in I their say 40s, more susceptible. nothing would make me happier than Mayweather pulling a red fox being like, oh, it's my time. I'm coming, dear Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, oh, this one's the big one. <laughs> um. You know, I think it's possible that Dreaming Elegance Apparel 23 didn't didn't read our message. <laughs> Please read what they wrote. Uh, loving you. <laughs> definitely need unquestionably ruler clothing squad. Happy face. SMS message information is our prime IG bio. Relay that soon. Uh, definitely. 
first of all, SMS messaging. Never mind. I'm not. <laughs> I listen, Kev. There's nothing I love more than Dream Elegance posts. Give us your I... hot takes. You need some of that Dream Elegance. It's like okay, need unquestionably. I love that they speak in genericisms. So when they're just like, "Hey, your posts are super rad, Kevin." <laughs> I love what you put down. Do you love clothing apparel brand ambassador? This this is the equivalent to the porn bots. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that really enjoy some of your tweets from time, my tweets from time to time. <laughs> our tweets. It's like, uh, ooh, feeling good as they retweet like Keenan is hot again. It's like, yeah, he okay. is. Message me. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't think that's. Keenan's hot again. So hot right now. You know what makes me hot? You know what else? This is hot. link. Uh, <laughs> click like, on it. Oh, gross. And see what I'm doing right now. I didn't know that link was gonna take me to porn. I just, I, I just clicked it. boobs. Toy spelling. Dirty Ron Turner. Which yes. I'm saying his name first. You so, need to. That is Dirty Ron Turner, uh, who runs the uh, Coast Mesa gym. They admit their love. I, I like the way this starts. They admit their love for each other in the stare down, lock lips, and, and then it takes a turn. And then fuck doggy style in the ring. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's like I always think of things in, in terms of TV ratings. Sure. And it's like up until where they start having um, anal intercourse in a doggy style manner. This is like PG-13. So it's always like PG-13, PG-13. And that's a pornographic rating. That would be uh, an NC-17. Perfect. But only on Showtime after dark. I was just going to say this is Showtime. So they wouldn't even have to bleep anything out. They could just run the affair music behind it. And I don't think people would notice. Have you ever questioned the idea that the gentleman who said that was named Dirty Ron Turner? I mean, based off of everything I know about them currently, him currently, this is right up his. That that all makes perfect sense. Let's say a few things. Uh, Austin Stack writes: Mayweather gets knocked out in the fourth round, or inside the fourth. Uh, ben Burgess says Mayweather goes down by way of a flying knee in the first. Interesting. Uh, this one's interesting, Kev. This one gets a little specific. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is Steven Herrera, who says, Mayweather KO round one. Outside of that, I'm hoping for a double knockout. Then Canelo runs in with the steel chair. Kukui runs out from underneath the ring with a barbed wire baseball bat and cuts McGregor open, then grabs the belts and stands over the three. Um, I'm not going to read another one. That one's way better than anything left on Instagram. Um, we got a couple more, so pick at least another couple. Uh, Andrew Burtok says Roman Reigns. Uh, Mario Fusha brings up Parachute Man, which is still funny. Yes, that did happen <laughs> in boxing. Um, we've got a couple more, but uh, Kev, why don't you go? Uh, Mayweather wins by inside heel hook, which I like a lot. Just as I'm another. <laughs> Mayweather disqualified for using uh, barbed wire wrapped gloves, which is another one of those. I mean, can you blame him? That's a cool fight tactic. I can't. Uh, Rashawn, our good friend from System, says, Neither man shows, but leave a copy of The Great White Hype starring Damon Waynes in their place. No one notices. <laughs> uh, baby Snakes. I watched the fight, and I'm not impressed with the outcome. <laughs> it's just such a, it's a really... It's like, yeah, that's good. It's, uh, Some shade thrown around there. Um, that's that's the wildest prediction that our friend could think of, which I, I'm in. 
I gotta tell you, when some people fail at the actual, like, don't give me your prediction. Give me your wildest prediction. And when people go like, ooh, I think it's gonna end on the fourth. All right, thank you guys. Alejandro Melendez, somebody I work with at NBC, says, "Kev, we get into this. You ready for this?" Yes. I'm gonna pull a McConaughey. I need you to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Around round four, they fight and fight and get exhausted. They begin to hug and dance because they're so exhausted. The commentators are babbling on about how this is so amazing because they're both big fighters. In the sound, the crowd is who is overpaid and is now overpaying for hot dogs and contemplating their life decisions. A conversation about the next big fight and how Hollywood can turn this fight into a script emerges. In the ring, the two fighters continue to dance. Then, ever so lightly, they kiss. Off in the distance, a dog barks. The only qualm I have with that is this is way too rich a crowd to be eating hot dogs. Otherwise, that sounds exactly (laughs) like how this is going to go. Well, right now they're rich, but they allegedly have been cutting prices because not many people have been buying the tickets allegedly. So there is that. Uh, Kevin, do you have any more on your side? No, but I would add that I think we're as likely to see Donald Trump here as we are at the Kennedy Arts Honoring Ceremony. Yeah, no shit. If not, Um, 100% more likely. Let me just read this last one. This is from my homie Casey. Casey has framed with Casey Blondo, who says, Snooze fest, round three, Rafa Sparza from verbal tap, breaks past security, enters the ring, and submits both Connor and Floyd via sharpshooter. <laughs> now, this is interesting because on our Instagram, we had somebody with a very similar sort of approach. It was our, our good pals from uh, the Jiu-Jitsu After Dark podcast. They said, Shawn Michaels, spelled wrong, by the way. Puts money in a sharpshooter. McMahon calls for the bell. The Las Vegas screw job, which is an okay joke. <clears throat> it's not bad. Except we've already made that meme two and a half years ago. So you're welcome. <laughs> Love you guys. That's, uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be. I, I When I read that one, I didn't realize money as in Floyd Mayweather. That would be my bad. <laughs> I was like, why would he put money in it? And then beat the, Never mind. Now it all makes sense. Well, I enjoy the fourth round predictions, too. That's my favorite. Yeah. When it's like, give us your wildest expectations. Like, uh, McGregor in the fourth round. Guys, that doesn't reek of confidence. Either say McGregor in the first <laughs> round or the tenth, but don't go, like, fourth. Because fourth is not sensibly enough out there or sensibly enough bravada. But, like, I get that some people want to go with that safe four. And what if it does happen in four? Then you guys are geniuses, and that was your wildest prediction. Um, For us, though, Kevin, what are your predictions? Uh, I think this fight goes somewhere around nine or ten, and I think Mayweather gets, gets the TKO. I think he knocks him down a third or fourth time. Part of the problem, I don't really know the boxing rules, as I found out when I was so thinking about this fight. Conor McGregor, apparently, allegedly. Yeah, so that's that's my, my if I'm betting on this prediction. I'm taking Mayweather in the 10th. Okay. Because I um, do think the speed and the pure punching is going to catch up to, it's going to catch up to, to McGregor around, or I think we're going to see him slow down around 6 or 7. That said, uh, I'm really kind of excited to see what this looks like. I have no, uh, I just don't know what it looks like in my head. 
for example, the Gary Dillon fight that doesn't nearly stack up to this one. Let's use something else. Uh, when John Jones fought Daniel Cormier, that fight made sense in my head. I had an idea about which way it could go. If Daniel was winning, how it could go. If John was winning, this one, I have no clue what to expect, which is also what I heard a uh, boxing analysis. The guy that does um, wait, wait, don't tell me not wait, wait, don't tell yeah. me does pardon the interruption <laughs> was on Jesus and Miro and he was explaining <laughs> He goes. Kevin's getting all of his. Podcasts. I'm getting NPR and ESPN. He's also. getting all of his <laughs> information from NPR, which explains so much yeah. about Kevin's MMA analysis. It's a cross reference. Like, oh shit! Wait, wait! Don't tell me he's not about MMA. That's that's um, my bad. This week, I would like to talk about the dominant performance of John Jones. But first, we're going to get into some Brazilian jazz, but light Brazilian and jazz. It's too early in the morning. No, hey. we're going to talk about how. Um, some disadvantaged youth took beets. I mean, beets, the, the fruits or vegetables. I'm not really sure. Find out more after this Brazilian jazz. Which, by the way, that sounds is, is exactly a Brazilian jazz song on NPR. Yeah, it goes immediately because they just put Brazilian when they don't know what the heritage is. They're like, people won't people won't say anything. And then in the background, you're lucky if you get. Parks and Rec still does the best NPR versus now we have three types of jazz. <laughs> what do you see? Right, Kevin. What do you see in your head what with this I, fight? Okay. We've been talking about it for so long. I don't even know that I have a real prediction anymore. I just, I have exhausted myself thinking of the possibilities. I've heard so-called experts say that McGregor doesn't last a round. I don't think that's true. I think McGregor at least lasts all round. Um, I heard I, a lot of people say I don't think that Floyd he, wants that. I don't think Floyd wants a first round knockout. Um, I don't know about that. I think Floyd wants to maybe he's yeah. on retirement time, so sure. he wants to get in for the all you can eat buffet as well. Nice. I don't know, man. I just I want. Here's what I would like to see happen. I would like to see this go to a decision because Floyd put it out best when he said. If McGregor makes it to a decision, it's a loss for him. And I think that it's just enough to justify that we end up doing this dog and pony show again. Now, why do I want it to happen again, Kevin? Um, you also really like the Showtime behind the scenes documentaries? No, I don't. I don't care. Okay. Um, I would love to see it happen in MMA. That will never happen. No. And again... In future episodes, if you come back to this one and it did happen, it should not happen because Floyd is in his 40s. And we've already apparently gotten word that it was hard for him to get up after some intense training where it's just like, oh, girl, I can't get up. Oh, it hurts. Like, that's how it was for him. Why do I want to see it a second time? Because Kev, I want to see it a third time. Why do I want to see it a third time? Because you want to see it in pro wrestling. <laughs> you want the third 100%, one. Percent. I want first match boxing, second match MMA, and as everyone knows, it all concludes in the dub, dub, e. I want that because I feel like that's the only way we get true sense of finality with this. Everything's a trilogy now, and nobody puts out just one movie, and they've like given enough to give you like oh we're doing the next one in MMA and they're like what are we talking about the next one we haven't even done this one we don't even know if we want this one if it ends in a round we definitely don't want it again but they still would 
potentially do it because it, it, they play up some angle. Listen, it all comes back down to money. And if they make tons of money, which they probably will, then odds are on favor. If it's a decent match, it's very possible we see it again. Here's what I know. I love that people talk about Conor McGregor being the Southpaw problem. Like, Floyd has had problems with Southpaws. But, like, he's been in a boxing ring with them. So wouldn't it stand to be a little bit that he would know what to expect? And Conor McGregor's got good speed, and if he connects, he can knock somebody out, which is my favorite thing in the world. Kevin, if I connect with you, did you know it's possible I could knock you out? I did hear that on an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, I want to say three years ago. Um, I'll check. Today we're going to talk about this the just in. explosion of power of Warren Alpha Sparza. Unbelievable. Can even cause concussions in the lady brain. Fun fact. Now more Brazilian jazz. Anyway, all right, let's do this. Um, Here's what I want. I want it to go to the decision. I just want it to be a loss for Lloyd in that way. Or Floyd. And I could entirely see Connor getting knocked out. Um, But the hard part that works against it is everybody seems to say, you know, Floyd hasn't knocked out anybody in so long. It's always possible. If Connor connects, yes, it's possible. He knocks out Floyd. And then it becomes the world's biggest thing. I am rooting for Connor in this because I would like to see Connor represent the sport. Um, but I also want to be very clear if he loses, he represents nothing. I've never heard of him. <laughs> He's never, I've never seen him fight. I've never rooted for him before. But the reason why I'm excited about it is it adds an element of unpredictability because every time the pundits have counted out Connor McGregor, it is like. Something in the ether has worked in his favor, and he works well with that. So there are all these prevailing theories. Nobody knows shit. And if you do see the result that you expected, which you're likely to tell people, who cares? It's fun. Let's all get drunk. And then let's all pretend like it never happened. And Kev, nobody has even talked about the remote possibility it's a fun and good match. No, people do. This has been, I, I think, in terms of like for the hot take sports culture. No, everyone's been such a, a hater about this fight. A lot of hating. I'm in. I want to see it. I I like these cross matchups. And if someone gave me the chance, I would put LeBron James in a football uniform. That would be amazing. Like these. It's the thing they don't talk about how fun it was to watch Jordan try baseball and even Tim Tebow to a significantly less extent. <laughs> uh, it's fun when athletes do this, when people take that pure something that they have and they try and throw it out into a different genre. And the other thing Connor has said, which I do find as a fascinating idea, he's fought people that are like this for jujitsu, but he was able to punch them. He hasn't done just a grappling match. Uh, at least since he was in IBJJF as a purple belt a very long time ago. So it is an interesting, maybe that's what's next for him. He's like, uh, give me Hickson. And I don't think that would go well. But I like well, I like that you're going for the least climactic, which is uh, no decision, just a decision. Just a nice Floyd gets it. There we go. Well, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for some sort of, I think we're going to get some ringside drama, though. I do think there's going to be some ringside drama with this one. I don't know how yet, but there's going to be something fun. I'll give you that. 
I think that might be uh, a missing element to it. Um, and let's not say that the door is going to be completely closed if Connor does this, because Polly and him may be angled as something that we end up seeing. And Lord knows, dumber things have happened. I just want this. But if we're talking about a decision, why does that sound so like womp womp? Is because let's look at the evidence. Could it go to a decision? Of course, anything's possible. But like, if all the narratives play out like all the people have predicted and they've said, they said, oh no, Floyd doesn't have knockout power. Uh, okay. Let's say Car- Connor has better cardio than he's been advertised. Uh, well, what about those fights where he was getting tired with Nate Diaz? Yeah, but you have to grapple and all that other shit. Okay. Let's say it's a wash. Let's say he finds a way to still make it through. Okay, great. If that's the case, all of these things, including Floyd's getting too old, Connor doesn't know how to get the knockout himself, will be evasive. Uh, you know, Floyd's evasiveness will be too much for him to hit. It's entirely possible that a fucking decision could happen, and we're super bored. Because guess what? The last fight of the fucking century between Pacquiao, and again, I get apples and oranges, so stick with me. But Pacquiao and, and Floyd just disappointed. So all I'm trying to do is curve my fucking expectations and get myself ready for the worst. And the worst would probably be a decision in that M. But guess what? If it was a decision, Floyd said he's lost. So I agree with that, I'll, by the way. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun experiment worth every penny. I don't plan on watching the rest of the card. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely. I could um, care less about the rest of the card. Oh, Try. Um, I'll be somewhere in Vegas. I don't know where I'm going to be. If you guys know the hotspots, let me know. But uh, myself and the rest of the Masters world. <laughs> that is a fun part so of this. I, I love that. that like, <laughs> while this giant spectacle is going on, the, the world's most dedicated jiu-jitsu athletes. Not the world's best. The world's most dedicated <laughs> are headed to Las right. Vegas during this insanity fight weekend for this. I, I love it. I, Raph, can I do a little breaking news? Are you ready to move on from this? Absolutely. And, let's do it. Okay. The Jiu-Jitsu Times published a headline that says Gary Tony can add master of impressions to his already impressive resume about his post-fight Conor McGregor impression. Let's not suck people's dick. Okay. Jiu-Jitsu Times. Let's keep him in his lane. He he does great heel hooks. Couldn't agree more. Um, cute annex, master of impressions. Get the fuck out of here! No, we're not doing that. I'm, I'm, because he even went sharp. He was like, "Get I'm the fuck it right out of here!" I know. In all seriousness, guys. Uh, so poor form, jujitsu times. Yeah, he's not tolerating it. Didn't stick the landing. Didn't try it. What the fuck? I'm I'm putting it on our page. So if you guys master see this, of impressions is a title you get when you are someone like Bill Hader. And even then, yeah. master of impressions, pretty tough title to, to bring yourself in. You have to do, you have to do a significant amount of range work. So I'm, I'm not prepared to go. Now. Okay. I'm putting it on our page and I'm saying, this is the episode where Kevin no. shits all over the jujitsu community. Uh, I told all of oh. Polaris to retire already, and now I'm headed towards the jujitsu times. <laughs> no, I, I, I jest. I thought Josh was great. So was Imanari. Raf Chubera took fourth as a team Saturday, the fight to win. Hey! Hosting several championship rounds. 
It's uh, nice work done by the competitive crew over there, which is going to take us into, I think, the world of some shout-outs. Did you have anything you wanted to tackle before we roll into that world? I mean... I think we did it. We talked Polaris we 5. We talked CXF. Um, maybe even hinted at what the next Red Hot Chili Peppers album is going to be entitled. If it's CXF, we'll know that's the reason. <laughs> it's just California XF. <laughs> Street fighting. Uh, let's move into some shout outs to the Jabera Club. Fantastic work. We always have um, people jumping up to, to fight. I saw Andrew Vu out there, whom I know he weighs less than me. I don't know how much less. Uh, he just weighs a lot less than me. It's always really hard to tell when he's around my neck and strangling me and then doing some passes. Uh, just tough guy. Had a fantastic fights yesterday. Had some really good success. Fought Gi and Nogi. I saw Austin Alexander beating up on some Seth Daniels and some Nogi, which is always a good match, but Austin's another one of those. Um, he started like three or four months at the gym after I did, but he came from somewhere else. Another really, just not another. He's a talented purple belt uh, alongside Vu. Uh, those two just really great training partners, and uh, it's great to see them out competing. Rocking both. Raph, that along with a real special thanks to crystal dr chores scheduling nurse who uh, also did a lot of my fmla paperwork that's gonna do it for me well let's start with this the la jiu-jitsu club had a wonderful seminar from one keith kikorian and Catherine shen the power couple of jiu-jitsu right now these kids are so nice they did a fantastic seminar at the la jiu-jitsu club i cannot thank them enough uh, they very sweetly brought a copy of The Giving Tree, and they gave it to all of us at the house. And it was very sweet. They also gave me like a, you know, like one of the the uh, school schoolyard kind of balls that you get, like like the dodgeball. Uh, because once when I was having a meeting at the Deep Waters Invitational, they were bouncing a ball so much and being dorks that I took it away from them and said, "You lose this now," <laughs> like an adult. So anyway, they were so like their technique is so good and it was great to see them do their thing. So I was very, very pleased um, to get the opportunity to see how they run a seminar. And I, I can't tell you guys enough. Please, please, if you guys are looking for good privates, hit them up. There's so much great knowledge between those two. And they really worked so well with so many of the people uh, who came in to uh, get the training. Jealous. As we go forward, let's go ahead. Yeah, Those you should do. Kevin, Kevin, when you hit me up, you, what did you say to me? Traitor. You're traitor. It's not and then I said, why, why am I a traitor? And I'm explaining. No, it's, it's how is unfair. it unfair? We've all watched them, Raph. It's unfair. But how is it unfair to me? the freaks or learning any new fangled techniques. Kevin, Stay in your lane. I can't. Go to one or two academies, do. but maybe oh. a seminar with these two leg-locking brutals. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, well, I will say I don't. I feel good about neither of us emulating Catherine Chen's game in the near future. No. Uh, I would. I think I would break something immediately if I tried to bend. She's flexible. Flexible. I will say this: when I asked her to, I was a little nervous that when I asked her to like do part of the seminar, that there was just going to be a moment where I go, and nope. <laughs> nope i can't do that but no she had a very good explanation of uh techniques and whatnot and guys we are doing training over at the la jiu-jitsu club on monday and tuesday so if you're listening to us early part of the week 8 a.m want you guys to be there help eric medina get ready for masters worlds 
And then uh, we're going to be gone for a few days. So we're going to be in Vegas. If you guys are in Vegas, do me a solid. And you want me to come see your match. I'm so excited to do it. But please, please message me your times and the mats. And I will do my best to go around, see you guys. Uh, feel free if you see me around, say hello. And then I'm also going, I believe, to the tap cancer out and open mat radio uh, grapple thon. They're going to have that going on over on uh, August 27th, the day after the McGregor Mayweather fight. So if you're still in town, please go over. Uh, we want to support uh, the causes that Open Mat Radio and Tap Cancer out are behind, even if we find Paul Moran and John Thomas to be questionable human beings at best. So that is happening, I think, 12 to 6 over at Sergio Pena's. And if I can speak so kindly about Sergio Pena's, uh, Coral Belt, one of the nicest human beings, just always very welcoming to the community. So if you aren't able to go, please share that information. I'm going to put it up on my page. We want to make it a big, big success. So that's going 12 to 6, Sergio Pena's. Uh, going to be some donation stuff. And let's get behind it because we want to support uh, Tab Cancer Out and uh, the great stuff that they do. I also want to send shout outs to a whole bunch of people. Uh, you know, Kev obviously has been great this week. Um, he and I have been exchanging tons of notes. I want to say uh, Kevin has been very, very funny. He was able to read and proofread some stuff for me. So I very much always appreciate when he does that. I also want to send a shout out to Matt McCarthy, my brother-in-law, who's awesome and just got engaged recently. So we had the opportunity to talk about that. And yes, sushi aside, always a great to see him. And I got to tell you, Kev, I was out at the AVP volleyball. Uh, oh, Hermosa. Hey. I, I uh, love that shit. I am. Yeah, you sorry. Do? I, I will watch if I ever see six on six amateur college or anything beach. I'm watching that volleyball match. I believe it. Volleyball but it was so match. nice to be at a event that was outdoors. That was a competitive athletic event that I had nothing to do with. <laughs> like I just showed up and I was like a week after putting on an event. They're just like, hey, running a little bit late. And I'm like, cool. No problem. Know that. Am I right? Uh, so anyway, it was it was really cool to see them. Uh, I couldn't say enough good things about AVP. They they really have their shit together. So um, kudos to that, and uh, good to see brother out this way. I also want to say shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. It was so good to be back in a geek. Mm-hmm. Kev. I didn't know if I was going to remember how to use it. Uh, it didn't. You didn't pass out on accident. No, I don't. I don't really pass That's good. Out. From heat exhaustion, um, I'm just. Hey, you spend a few weeks without it. Sometimes you forget that it's a giant sauna made of hell. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, Kev. I think this bodes well for you because on the times where I thought, I was like, I don't even know if I remember how to use this to choke people. I will say the rest ended up making my game a little bit better. There we go. So, well, some, I'm going to be fucking spectacular when I come back. <laughs> Look at hey, I Listen, dude, I'm, I am nervous when you come back because you're ingesting all of this stuff. Taking a so. lot of break. Nope. Well, not only are you taking a lot of break, but you're watching a lot. The watching and the mental reps is what always is the fucking dangerous shit. Uh, yeah. So anyway, shout out to Hassan and the good folks who are checking us out. I know a lot of people are checking us out for the first time. We appreciate that. I also want to say this. Um, shout out to one Charlie Day. Charlie Day is Charlie Reynolds, or not Charlie Reynolds, but yeah, Charlie on It's Always Funny, or Sunny in Philadelphia, which is one of my favorite shows. And uh, we did a little side-by-side comparison of Conor McGregor and him 
when they did the very famous uh, the gang goats on steroids and everybody becomes a fighter. Um, I just did a side by side comparison and he ended up putting it on his page. Now, I don't geek out on a lot of stuff, but this was something in particular that I was like, oh, shit, he's really funny. And he just posted our stuff. So um, we were very humbled. You know, it's always the stuff that you get excited about. So seeing him uh, get excited about our stuff made us uh, have a big smile on our face. So thank you very much to Charlie. Um, It was just our small way of saying you always make us laugh. So uh, to get them to laugh. I also want to send a shout out to Joe Rogan. They just did their 1000th episode at no slouch there. So congrats. We know our, our good friend, Uncle Joey, Joey Diaz, went to go celebrate with him. Uh, over the past weekend and you know we're all kidding ourselves if we're not saying that we're not listening to him on occasion or regularly or that we aren't learning from him but uh, Joe does a damn fine podcast even if it is you know maybe nine hours too long but no big deal and he does what he does um, so anyway thank you for paving the way to everybody who I got to work with over at CXF you know your Blanca your Amy um, your Adam Adam Woods very sweetly Kev I need to show you this he um he gave me a shirt. You know what the shirt was? Um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> was the shirt I tempura it out? No, how dare you? So I would never tempura it out. Yeah. Uh, no, the the shirt was one of Bret Hart. So he was like, "Yo, dude, I thought you should have this." Oh. And uh, I was like, "That's very sweet." And he's like, "Raph, you are the most proficient person for the use of the the move, the sharpshooter." in all of jiu-jitsu you deserve this and i was like that's very touching thank you <laughs> that just shows that my work is paying off kevin and lo yeah. and behold many many years ago kevin was like that's stupid we shouldn't do that uh, uh yeah well <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for us tonight here <laughs> at uh verbal tap this show dedicated to eastwood in new south wales our top city this week raf And that'll do it for us tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.